Hello and thank you for listening to episode 462 of 60MW. I'm Dave and this is another of our interview shows. And in this one I get to chat with writer-director Neil Marshall about his awesome film Dog Soldiers, which has recently had a limited edition 4K and Blu-ray and standard edition 4K and Blu-ray release from Second Sight Films. There is a review on it on our website. Just buy it. It's as simple as that. It's an awesome film. It's an awesome release. And uh, hopefully you'll think this is an awesome uh, interview too. So as always, sit back, relax and get comfortable as I spend a little bit of time chatting dog soldiers with Neil Marshall. Hi, Neil. Hi, how are you? (laughs) I'm good, thanks. How are you? Good, good, good. What's it been like chatting about dog soldiers? Because I know you've been doing a lot of press for it and looking back over the last 20 years as a... Has it raked up any um, any new memories that maybe you'd forgotten about? Uh, I mean, it's been wonderful the fact that twenty years later, you know, people still are wanting to talk about it. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the biggest deal for me. Um, it's not. I suppose it's not like I haven't not talked about it for twenty years. So, because mm. um, every so often it's kind of cropped up, or I've done a screening or something yeah. like that. But I mean, the the the, the level of of love for the movie that's come out over the over this past year because of the 20th anniversary because of uh, Janine's book and then the 4K coming out and you know all that kind of stuff has just been absolutely wonderful and uh, it's been a pleasure to talk about it again. The 4K disc looks amazing. What was it like um well to work with it and to get the picture quality just how you wanted it? And what was it like when you saw it like that again? Uh well I mean it actually it's kind of that's why my memory plays tricks on me because I'm thinking it looks better now than it did then. <laughs> like, um, and I mean, maybe it does. Cause it's like, you know, uh, going through a, the chemical process to get from a negative through to an actual print and see it projected. Um, it's different from seeing it go from the negative straight into 4k. And yeah. it's like, it's, it's as crisp and as fresh as it ever could be. Um, so, I mean, it looks astonishing and I'm really, really yeah. happy with that. Yeah, it does. It looks amazing. Like you said, 20 years, 20 years ago since it was released. And, you know, I'm a big fan of the film, big fan of you. And you you started writing it, was it like five or six years previous to that? Yeah, yeah. No, it took uh, it took six years to, you know, get from script to screen. Um, and nearly 18 drafts of the script, I think it was. Uh, <laughs> and, and, yeah, and it wasn't like, you know, at the beginning, if I'd known it was going to take six years. Like I would have like given up on it or something like that. I just, I, I knew sooner or later, I knew someone was going to make this movie. I didn't know how, but I knew that yeah. was going to happen. I think that it was that kind of stubborn determination that kind of got me there, but that's what you need to be in order to try and be mm-hmm. a filmmaker. Now yeah. it's like, or, or then or anytime it's just like, you just got to be stubborn and, and be single-minded about what it is you want. What was the genesis of it then? Why did you begin writing it in the first place? Um, it was, it partly came out of a necessity of, of, um, so I'd worked on another film, a film called Killing Time in 1995, Mm -hmm. uh, which I'd co-written and storyboarded and I was like action coordinator and editor and, and like did about 15 different jobs in this thing, but I didn't direct it. Um, but myself and my friend Keith Bell, who was at film school with, um we were both working on the film and he, he was a production manager on the film as well and and it was chaos it was just like organized chaos um you know it's a lot of people working for next to nothing if if not actually nothing yeah um doing this super low budget film up in newcastle and watching 
just things go wrong all the time. And uh-huh. me and Keith like sat on set watching chaos ensue. And so, and I think at some point we just kind of turned to each other and said, I think, you know, we can do this better mm. and we can do it where people get paid and, you know, we can do a professional movie. So what's it going to be? And at some point I came up with the idea of what about soldiers versus werewolves? Because <laughs> it's like two things I love in the world, <laughs> soldiers, and werewolves, and let's put them in a movie together. I've not seen that before. And then it came to like so, it, it's so many like inspirations for this movie it came from westerns, from war films, from horror movies. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't just as simple as like saying, "Oh, I love American Wealth in London." It's like there's Wild Bunch references, there's Rio Bravo, there's Assault and Precinct Thirteen, there's Zulu. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's also Bridge Too Far. There's all kinds of references and stuff in there. Um, so uh, you know, it's fun packing it full of all these kind of the, the things that I love. It was like I just wanted to write a movie that I wanted to go to the cinema and watch because yeah. nobody else was going to make it otherwise. And that was kind of how it all came together. And I just started writing it in 95, uh, finished the first draft in 96. Uh, me and Keith and another friend of ours called Colin, who actually ended up, he drew the first sketches. He was a sound recordist, but he had this hidden gift for, for art. And he drew a couple of sketches of these werewolves. And it was like, the first version of them that was like elegant and almost feminine in, 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 in the shape and form and stuff like really elegant. And I was hooked on this idea of like making them look kind of different, you mm-hmm. know, rather than butch werewolves who were very kind of lithe and, and just really interesting. And so that was the path that we went down then. But while we're up in Scotland, we all went to a pub and got rather drunk. And at some point Keith basically drew out a contract on a napkin and saying, I promised to produce this film, you know, I promised to direct it and vice versa and hereby witnessed by and all that stuff. And we signed it and uh, I still have it somewhere, but um, <laughs> that was, well, that was where it all started. It was like, it's a promise on an African to produce and you know, direct a film. And five years later, we managed to get the money together to make it, you know, but, mm-hmm. but also, you know, at that time trying to do a horror film in the UK was like impossible. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and this is, you know, around about the year 2000 or whatever. The only person who'd successfully sort of done it for a long time was Danny Boyle. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, there was just nobody making horror films because it was like, it wasn't our cup of tea. That's what we got. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, got, we got two responses. One was like, it's not our cup of tea. We don't do that kind of thing in the UK. And it was too ambitious. It was just like way too ambitious. You're never going to be able to do this. Um, and that's so we just kept a rejection after rejection from UK production companies and finances and such like. Um, and then we, we were looking at places like the Isle of Man to go and shoot it because they had a they had a funding system there that fell through. And then we ended up going to Luxembourg and tapping into their film fund and shooting it there. But that was you know a few years down the line, we had a few false starts before then. And it's great with you know a monster movie most people when they look back at it and they're talking about the monsters no matter what it may be and it's been said many times Neil I mean the characters in this movie are just fantastic and they're what people really latch on to all of the characters in it and, and take something from them so you know it's credit to your writing that people connect so much with these characters well I think you know partly that was you know, and that was the good thing that it took six years because I just had six years to work on the script and got got, got through about 18 drafts or something like that by the time I actually shot it so I had a lot of time to refine it and work on those characters but but i'd always said like right from the very start and i said it to all the actors as well i said this is a soldier movie with werewolves it's not a werewolf movie with soldiers it's Mm -hmm. like it's about the soldiers and the werewolves are just out there trying to kill them and you know and we're going to make them as good as possible 
but if you guys aren't like authentic and entertaining and fun and and, and you know gritty and real then the whole thing's going to fall yeah. apart and so you know it, it hung very much on them and they delivered the goods you know tenfold they did an amazing job all of them did and you did on the script as well because when you think of movies there's so many one-liners in movies that you think of with you know i'll be back go ahead make my day all of this there's not too many yeah. movies where you can say one word and you know what it is and yeah <laughs> sausages <laughs> you can say sausages to movie fans and they go dog soldiers uh well but the one thing i'll say about that and i i I'd, I'd love to claim credit for it, but that was actually Sean improvising that line. Um, I did, that was not in the script. So like Sean, when he was getting operated on, like so came out with sausages and it was just like, I love it. Absolutely love it. But that's the other, a lot of that's to do with like, you know, Sean was so into his character, you know, it, it was yeah. the stuff that all of them like would come out with the odd line here and there that I hadn't thought of. And it was just like spot on because they knew their characters so well. What was it like for you then, first time as feature director? Can you remember what it was like that first day behind the camera, set in front of you? Uh, it was a bit terrifying. Um, it was also like because the first day was actually the scene with the couple in the tent at the beginning. Mm, okay. Um, so yeah, filming at a tent is not easy. But um, <laughs> yeah, I was I was a little bit terrified, <coughs> and I because I'd had so much time to plan it. I, you know, I'd shot listed the entire film and I'd storyboarded the entire film myself. And, um, and literally by day two or three, all of that kind of went in the, went in the trash. Cause it's like, mm-hmm. uh, I, I discovered that, you know, uh, you know, actors who come to set and they're in their characters or whatever, want to bring ideas to set and want to say, you know, um, I think I would do this. I think I would do that. And you, and they're good ideas and you're not going to say no to good ideas. Um, and sometimes they're bad ideas and you, you have to say no to those, but that's, that's, that's the director's job is like knowing the good from the bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but not to simply just ignore other people's ideas because that's just daft. So when they come in and they're like, well, you know, I think, I think my, my character would like do this. And it's like, well, that's not what it is on the storyboard. So it's like, shit. Okay. <laughs> so I, I, I learned so much about just the filmmaking process just for those first few days and the joy of collaborating with actors and being a bit more, freeform it's good to have a plan in your back pocket mm-hmm. but you have to be able to be adaptable and you have to be able to 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 work to whatever's going on because you get to set and um you know things aren't exactly how you imagined it or you know the weather's different or whatever yeah. it might be yeah. the lighting conditions are slightly different and so it's it's fine to have that in you in the back of your mind of like i know that i can do it this way but it would look better if we did it this way yeah and so just just learning to direct that way it's like you know that's how I got to it. <laughs> now, I, I know you've got a lot of interviews today. And be- before we wrap this up, I've got a question from my brother-in-law for, for you. And he wanted to know that given, if you've got the opportunity and you were given unlimited money, full creative freedom, and you could go back, like some directors have done with their films of the past, is there any way that you would change? Would you add anything and do do something maybe that you wanted to do back in the day, but you couldn't do either through money restrictions or time restrictions. Um, yeah, there's, um, there's a sequence that was shot day for night in the film because we couldn't afford the lights to do it at night. Um, and that, that still frustrates me that it's like, it's meant to be, it's meant to be at night and it's like clearly during the day (laughs) and we darkened it down quite a bit and it's like, yeah, so that's, that still frustrates me to this day, but it's kind of the only thing, um, you know, in the movie um, that that bothers me. But that's just you know, it's just a little awkward thing. <laughs> yeah, 
And I guess you see it every time because it's something, you know, you were there and you wanted to do that. You see it more than us as the viewer would do every time that you watch it. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Well, but, thank you. Know, it just it nags it nags me, but as I say, most people wouldn't care. Yeah. <laughs> oh well, thanks, Neil. I say I know you've got a lot of press to do. Thank you for your time, and thank you for Dog Soldiers. Thank you for everything that you've done afterwards, and long may you continue doing what you do. Cheers. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you, Neil. Thanks very much. And the alarm bell, as always, brings to an end another interview show. If for some reason you have never watched Dog Soldiers. You've got a little flavour of it now. Go out and buy this Second Sight Films release. If you have watched it, you know how good the film is, and this release is the definitive release from Second Sight, so treat yourself to that. Again, the review is on our website. Go and have a read. Our website, of course, is 6dmw.co.uk, numerical 16, not alphabetical. The links to everything that we do is on there, so spend a few minutes, have a look around the website, follow us on our social media specifically our Twitter, which is at 60MW Podcast. That is the main one that I use to keep everybody up to date. Run competitions, just finished one as I sit here recording this and just about to start another one in a couple of days. So if you're into your movies and fancy winning some for free, make sure that you follow us on Twitter. And that's it for this show. We will be back again very soon with one of our many format shows, uh, which I'm sure if you've looked around the website, you already know how many different shows that we release. So thank you for listening. We'll be back again very soon.